The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bucket Plan On Demand. This is Dave Allison here. I'm, I am excited to be joined by Mark Laufenberg. Mark heads up life insurance, a director of life insurance for Magellan, who is C2P's strategic life insurance partner, brings an incredible amount of experience and insight and analytics to helping us navigate all the choices we have regarding life insurance for our clients, specifically a guru when it comes to indexed universal life. And Mark, I know you've been in the life insurance game for a long time. So, you know, I know you've seen all the different types of insurance out there and have, you know, spent a lot of time studying them. And so welcome to the podcast today. Dave, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Always good to see you. Uh, spend time with C2P, one of our key partners, and we're going to do a lot of good things together moving forward. And yes, I love life insurance. No <laughs> awesome. Well, Mark, actually, you got a copy of your new book that you shared uh, with me a few minutes ago. It's in kind of soft launch right now, right? Yeah, soft launch called the Retirement Hero. Hero being an acronym for help eliminate retirement obstacles. I wrote it for one reason, to help the advisors, our strategic partner advisors, position IULs in their best possible light. It's an easy read. If you like the way I'm going to come across during your podcast, just imagine I'm explaining IUL in the same light. It's very serious. Obviously, it's a pretty bold cover because I wanted it to stand out for a reason. So I just kind of positioned an IUL for everybody. It's good for older folks, certainly good for the younger crowd. And today, if we have an opportunity, I'll show you one of my main things, my designs today, which is for really, really young people. Believe it or not, their parents and grandparents and loved ones, if they take if they pay some premiums, they can really position their young child's or grandchild's financial lives off to a wonderful beginning just with using a $50 a month, a couple hundred dollars a month for, for the very young. It's a really powerful financial planning tool. So yeah, I wrote this book for advisors. So anyone listening today, just contact me or Dave or anyone at C2P and I'll get one of these in your hands. Awesome. Mark, how do they contact you real quick? Well, let's get that out of the way. Just as we go into today, if they like what they hear, they want a copy of the book. How, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is use the following email address, lifesales at Magellan. That's M-A-G-E-L-L-A-N, like Nancy, financial.com. Lifesales at MagellanFinancial.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know you shared some things uh, regarding the book at our last Mastermind Collegium in Miami. And actually, our advisors ranked you the top kind of sales idea right out of all the speakers that presented from, you know, different advisors to carriers. I'm excited to tap into some more of that wisdom today and looking forward to getting a copy of the book myself. So, you know, Mark, let's just kind of start off with, with the, you know, we, we mentioned IUL. And, and when we think of the bucket plan, of course, you know, IUL has a couple really important, and, and the reality of it is life insurance has a lot of really important places in the bucket plan. We can kind of dive into the specific products in a minute, but, you know, I know as a younger person, I have life insurance in my soon bucket as just part of my conservative money 
that I would tap into if I needed to access something and can do it tax-free. can also help provide me supplemental retirement income in my later bucket. It can provide a death benefit to my wife and children if something were to happen to me. can provide long-term care benefits if much later in life I needed it. So an incredibly versatile tool. And I know you get the opportunity to see a lot of sales, a lot of strategies, a lot of products getting sold. You guys do a ton of life insurance business. What are you seeing out there in the industry right now? Well, first and foremost, and I always position life insurance this way, it's meant to protect families. Now that's the old way of thinking and it does a lot of other wonderful things which you just mentioned. But the first and primary thing that it will do is protect the family against the unimaginable happening. So that's the number one thing where life insurance is always meant to me. Now, I've been doing this for 30 and a half years and life insurance does many other good things these days too. It can supplement a tax-free retirement income. One of the reasons I wrote this book here, it just has some money management tenants that other products simply don't have. Where, for example, life insurance protects principal, index universal life. Index universal life can lock in your gains. And then eventually, according to your timeline and not anybody else's, our clients' timelines, there's an, after we comply with the funding aspects of this product, we can then turn on an income stream that they can never outlive, hopefully being impervious to future unknown tax increases. So, so yes, it's meant for, to help families protect against the unimaginable, but it does so many other things. It creates an asset class, an asset class immune to some things that are gonna be really important, taxation being number one. It's been act two of my book. My book consists of seven acts. Act two is kryptonite. Everyone's personal kryptonite is taxation. And it's important we understand that right now. So there's so many things life insurance can do. You, you touched on living benefits. So when I help you and your advisors at C2P, literally it's a case by case basis. They give me some parameters of what we're trying to accomplish. And I'm gonna suit those goals and needs up to the best products that are available today. One of my favorite things, Dave, and I'm rambling here, but I do that often. You're good. Uh, I love creating life insurance plans for the young. You'd be surprised what $50 a month for 10 or 15 years or to a, until a child's 18 or even 22 can do. I mean, I, I, I show, and I don't know that I did this one at our event in, in Florida, for a family that has $500 to put away for a brand new child, baby, newborn, for 20 years, they can tap into approximately 120,000 after college graduation, wait a few more years, then take another approximately 100,000 out, perhaps for something like a down payment for a home, and then wait a few more years, and then take money out again to, I call it the perpetuity plan, to do the same $500 a month that some parent or grandparent is doing, and then wait a few more years, to take out that supplemental tax-free retirement. And if you look at the lifespan of a design on a really, really young person funded by somebody who had the ability in this simple example of 500 per month, the return is almost 100 times the premium they put in. So if they put in 18,000 of premium, it's 1.8 million of value. So one of my most exciting sales right now, not the largest commissions in the world, but we're not after commissions all the time. We're after doing what's best. So the young and old, life insurance works. I mean, there's no better place to get whole tax-free dollars for pennies on the dollar. So 
there's a long-winded uh, answer to your question, Dave. Let's let's keep going. No, that's good. So in that type of strategy, you're putting you know the younger child as the insured on the policy, yeah. and is the parent owning it or is the child owning it? Uh, children under the age of 18 can obviously own policies, so it's either the parent or the grandparent or the loving uncle or you know whoever it is. And then at some point when it's when they want to make that transition, the child becomes of age and they can become the owner of the policy or it's owned by a trust because who wants to give a 19 year old access to a couple hundred thousand or a large amount of money in the form of policy cash value. So yeah, that's usually how it's done. Gotcha. Mark, I don't want to make today's podcast too much about individual products per se, but is there are, are there carriers out there who are you know more competitive in that space than others based on what you see with product design? Yeah, definitely. I think there's 32 carriers right now that have come into the IUL space for a reason. It's a profitable uh, market for insurance companies. It's the number one gatherer of premium overall in, uh, in a life insurance product. So it stands to reason if there's 30 of them with over 165 different varieties of IULs, some of them would be the best. And it's not necessarily always the ones that have the greatest value on the illustration. I mean, after 30 years of doing this and 24 years of, of researching IULs, you know, when insurance companies come to the table with a new IUL, their, their folks, their actuaries are tasked with beating the competition. And yeah, maybe they do that for a very short term, but then they realize the way they priced it, they couldn't do it. So I know all carriers want new first year premiums and it's a wonderful thing, but what's most important to me is how our carriers take care of their old clients. So out of those 33 carriers in our space, I really, I'm a fan of a lot of them, but I really, really like two or three of them. And I don't know if you want me to bring any names to the table today. I'm aware of this knowledge. That's what I get compensated to help our advisors do. So they don't have to sift through the minutia of products out there and all the emails that they get direct from carriers saying, please sell my product. I know what products are best. I always err on the side of designing what's in the best interest of the client. I'm not chasing commissions here. We're all gonna get enough of that if we do what's right 100% of the time. Uh, F&G has a very strong product offering right now. North American has always had, they've been really good players in the space, taking care of consumers. Allianz Life has a great market share, great product portfolio, always had, have taken care. And a few others, but I guess those would be my three primary today for growth and eventual income. In the advent of this product over two decades ago now, in the past five years, many of these carriers have come up with a low cost IUL. Really interesting is that oftentimes I'm tasked with still buying the most amount of insurance for the least amount of premium. Traditionally, the way, you know, for those families that just need permanent coverage of X amount of life insurance. And you'd think a UL or a GUL, and they used to dominate that space, they were the least expensive. But about five years ago, the trend was let's create low cost IULs, not so much focused with accumulation, but because of the mechanism, the a little bit more than fixed crediting rates that these IULs will generate, you can actually get away with now paying less into this product, the low cost variety, to cover a lifetime of life insurance need. So it's a really great product, whether it's for growth and eventual income or whether it's for permanent lowest rates. They still have tremendous guarantees, maybe to 80, 85, or 90, 
but then they're just the lowest cost products out there now too. So they've come a long way in this business over since 1996, when the first IUL was created by Southland Life. I mean, that's 26 years ago now, and we're in a pretty good space today. Awesome, Mark. Well, let's dive into that a little bit deeper. So, you know, I, I think that when I look at life insurance in general, whether it's by the consumer, the advisor, the wealth manager, the wirehouse person, it's it's one of the most misunderstood, mismanaged, and probably missold asset classes that are out there. And, you know, you mentioned a couple key points as you think about indexed universal life is, you know, policy design is probably, you know, a very important element, right? Not a cookie cutter, one size fits all. I know you bring a lot to the table in policy design, how to fund it, and, and ultimately, you know, what types of rates of return we're projecting on these things to not overpromise and underdeliver? I think there's been, you know, some legislation in the life insurance world on, you know, what you can actually show as an illustrated rate. And then, of course, you know, some of these companies, their actuaries get creative and create these multipliers and these bonuses and all kinds of things to continue to you know, figure out how to make these products illustrate attractively. But one of the things that really drove, you know, my uh, attraction to working with you as an advisor, Mark, is, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about making sure it illustrates attractively. It's about making sure it does what it's supposed to do. And so talk about that a little bit and kind of how you're seeing policy design, funding, return, things like that. All right. Great question. It's going to be a long-winded answer. Too. You got it. I the floor is yours. That's why you're the expert on today's call. Uh, I'm a fan of overfunding IULs. Overfunding means dialing the death benefit down to the very lowest legal amount, non-MEC amount, and then determining how much premium and for how long. Obviously, with a growth product, the quicker you get it in, the more you put in quicker you put it in, the more cash it'll eventually grow faster. However, some people don't have buckets of money they can put in, and they're just going to give you a, an amount of money to, to a period of time, maybe to age 50 or age 65 or forever. But I'm a fan of doing it that way because what I'm trying to do with an IUL, oftentimes, I'm trying to minimize the expense so I can achieve as much growth as possible. Now, that being said, my number one job, again, is life insurance. I need to make sure that the amount of life insurance that I'm putting on this person's design or life is gonna cover their need against the unimaginable. So let's just say that's 1.5 million. This family in South Carolina or Iowa, they need 1.5 million if the primary breadwinner does not make it home tonight. So they don't have to sell the cars, the mortgages, give up on the college dreams or anything else. So let's just say they've given me a bucket of, they can part, they understand how important life insurance is and they can part with $500 per month. So they're 45 years old, they need 1.5 million of insurance and they saying we have $500 in my, our budget. So what I'll do is the following. I'll do them, I'll show them the 1.5 million, they're on board, they realize they truly do need it in case of the unimaginable. So I might sell them a 20 year term to take them all the way to age 65, make sure the kids are already out of college. So that might only cost 100 a month to cover a 45 year old for one and a half million of 20. 25 or 30 year term. That now frees up $400 a month. Hopefully I'll have the opportunity to present my book to them to show them this wonderful alternative asset class called an index universal life, where I will then utilize those $400. I will dial down that life insurance because for this policy, I'm just trying to accumulate wealth. So now for the next 20 years, 
I get the honor of designing a policy with $400 a month, which is $4,800 a year. And over 20 years, that's $96,000. And that's going to double one and a half times in 20 years in an IUL. So that's going to give us about $250,000 of cash value. 65 years old, close to retirement. The term maybe expires because they no longer need it. The mortgage has been paid off. They've positioned themselves financially in a really good space. And now they have this wonderful, perfectly crafted 20 years ago, funded correctly by the amount they said they could. And now I can generate 20 to $25,000 a year extra in retirement for them in addition to everything else they do. So that's the way I really kind of craft on an individual basis. What clients, first of all, I'd always determine the need. People have a $250,000 term policy through work and they think they're covered. And I don't care that they live in Iowa and they only make four to 5,000 a month. That's only gonna last six or seven years. And for a family with 45 year old breadwinners that takes them to 52 and maybe the other person isn't qualified to recover that annual income that that family unit needs. So again, and I, I know I'm belaboring the point, but that's it. Protect the family, determine how much somebody can pay and then what their other needs are. Now that's on the lower end. Somebody that's making 40, 50, 60, 70,000 a year. You and I have clients in different markets in the United States that make a whole lot more. Their 1.5 million might be 10.5 million. They might be able to give us 2,000 a month or more. Same kind of a concept. Of course, with these higher, higher earners, we estate taxes often come into the question. In 2026, the state tax is going to be repealed. We don't know what the new levels are going to be. That's going to be another can of worms that we have to help our clients navigate through. Well, the good thing is we're going to have these great products to do this. Again, no finer place to get tax-free whole dollars in a life insurance policy. I haven't touched upon that. I'm a big fan of joint policies too for those wealthy clients that are worth, you know, six and seven and eight digits, excuse me, not eight and nine digits, over $10 million dollars. We can help them all. We can help all those clients. So long-winded answer, probably deviated from the original question. No, that's great. Talk about some of the, in terms of, you know, mechanics of, let's say that we do have, you know, clients that that have done a good job saving, right? They have assets, they have post-tax money, they have pre-tax money. They have the ability to, you know, not necessarily be completely constrained to, 500 bucks, 500 bucks a month, a thousand a month, right? What are you seeing in, you know, with, with some of the changes of like section 7702 and, and some of the interest rate changes that have happened in these products, you know, the ability to get money in quicker earlier on without mecking the contractor, are, are you kind of seeing any uniqueness to policy design there? Great question. So one minute overview of IUL timeline, 1996, they were born. 10 years later was the first heyday. A lot of companies came in, but it was kind of the wild, wild west. We had these incredibly high illustrative rates. You could show a loan arbitrage of six to seven points. So imagine a policy illustrated to earn nine and a power loan, an index power loan at three or 4%, which created a four or 5% arbitrage. You literally could take out 20% per year of an account value. It was the wild, wild west. It can't be done. There was so much disparity between different products, same premiums going into the same product, uh, different products, but showing vastly different results. 
So about five years ago, AG49 tried to address that issue. They levelized what insurance companies could illustrate at both the growth and what the loan rate. So that basically changed to 1%. Basically, AG49 said, listen, show what you want to show. Please be conservative. But the loan rate you use can no longer have a greater than 1% arbitrage. So that was a really powerful thing. Then last year in the SECURE Act, January 1, 2021, in the Dark pages in five, 600, there was a few legislative pages, the new changes to 7702, which now means clients could put in the same amount of money, but now they only had to buy half as much life insurance. Very, very powerful thing. Because now if you only have to buy half as much life insurance, fees and expenses are derived from death benefit. So if you now aren't forced to buy as much, you can get away with putting in the same amount of money, but now buying half as much life insurance which of course basically eliminates 50% less fees. Limit, excuse me, eliminates 50% more expense charges. So after 26 years, we find ourselves in a pretty good position. We've gone through the wild, wild west. Life insurance as a community has decided to legislate this a little bit in terms of let's, let's have a fair playing field kind of a thing. Insurance commissioners under the most scrutiny ever to make sure the products these carriers design are, you know, will, will, will manage the test of time, so to speak. So in 2022 now, we're in a good space. We have a lot of good products right now. Everything that can be done to an IUL to make it as good as possible has been done. The last round happened about three months ago when a particular carrier, not to make this commercial, they decided to do one thing that could further enhance the value proposition of an IUL. They decided not to pay the agent the commission up front. Now, I know a lot of people listening might not like that, but if you can retain a lot more money than you've ever paid out in the first few most important years of a life insurance policy, a carrier can now put a lot more dollars into the upside purchase of these options so our clients can simply make more money long-term. In exchange for not getting the first year commission, they're going to spread that out over five years. Because of that, they can now even afford to pay you a trail for life. So kind of like these commercials we see when our clients do better, we do better. And I'm not going into the money management space on this call right now. But as these things grow, we get a very nice trail commission for a lifetime on these products. So three months ago, this new product came out. There was only one thing that could be done to even enhance what has already been accomplished and levelized and and, and looked after by our industry. And that was to now take away a little bit of the commission early. Let's pay advisors over time. They're gonna make way more over time, but it's gonna take them five years to, to every other product that's out there paying a first year commission. So we're in a really good spot right now to offer this product going forward. Regardless of client, if it's perfectly crafted, these things are really gonna perform even better. So we're at the best time to buy one of these, I guess you could say. Also a challenging time because of COVID underwriting, and that's another can of worms we can get into. Yeah, maybe we'll save that for people to have one-on-one -on -one calls with you about their clients' health uh, situations and issues. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the reality of it, Mark, is you helped me place a couple cases almost a year ago. And I would say COVID underwriting was probably even more strenuous back then than it is today, I would imagine, just because of so much uncertainty and all the unknowns. It was hard to even get a paramet uh, paramet out to 
to the client's house, you know, when everyone was quarantining and on lockdown. So why don't we just in, in kind of closing here, I'd love to get your perspective on, you know, the fact that the writing is pretty much on the wall that we will see some interest rate increases. You know, the Fed has come out and talked about it. I think everyone's been long awaiting, you know, how much and how quickly is anyone's guess more than likely, but how is that going to impact some of these IUL policies? And I know, you know, that obviously higher interest rates, you know, could mean higher potential caps for our clients, but are there certain carriers that have a mandate that existing clients have to have the same cap rate as new money coming in, new clients? Or I'd love to just hear your dynamic on, you know, how some of these companies are managing, you know, the potential to increase existing client cap rates, or is it all just about, you know, the new money sale for them at this point? Yeah, great question. So, you know, when when IULs began, there was one index associated with the upside growth opportunity, which was the S&P 500. For the last two decades of my career and behind your screen and on my screen right now, I'm looking at my 72-year S&P historical performance. And actually, I just added the end of 2021. I'm looking at it right now. It had a 27.12% increase from January 1, 2021 to December 31st, 2021. So another banner year. Now, What's happened historically in terms of performance is going to be different than the next 60 years. We find ourselves in uncharted, uncharted, uncharted economic world right now we're living in. So about six or seven years ago, you know, actually more than that, they came out with these other indices, even though I'm a big fan of the original S&P 500. But I'm going to pivot now. There's some talented folks out there by talented that insurance companies employ to manage money. And about a decade ago, they created these, seven, eight years ago, these volatility controlled indexes. These professional money managers on a daily or monthly basis going in and out of these strategies, turning them from real estate assets to other indices, to US treasuries, they go in and out of these things. So while I'm a fan of the S&P 500, I really like the movement over the course of the last six or seven, eight years to have people professionally manage these indices, some of them to a 5% volatility, like a lot of companies have a 5% volatility now, which simply means when these indexes go past the 5% per month threshold, they change, they sell everything and put it to cash. Consequently, they can offer 150% participation and unlimited cap on cash, because that's simply not gonna move much. That option is not very expensive to purchase. Now, I'm a fan of those. And if you look back and everything's they look back in our business, they create something new and they sell it by looking back. So I'm a fan of that. It's, it performs. You know, IULs are simply supposed to outperform ULs by 2 to 3% per year. But 2 to 3% per year compounded over a lifetime is a lot. That being said, now, these new iterations of these volatility controlled, volatility controlled indices, they have a 10% volatility allows you to capture a lot more upside. Like the new F&G Trail Setter has a balanced asset 10 index, 70% participation, unlimited cap. Oh, by the way, I'm not gonna make this a commercial. The reason I think it's 
the best product out there right now. It's got a 2% bonus starting year two. In addition to these terrific indices managed by professionally sound money managers, in addition to what they return, they're going to get 2% return. So I'm a big fan, to be honest, of these new volatility controls. Indices, you can't go wrong with the S&P 500. Now, when they create these products, there's a percentage of every premium every year that goes to purchasing these upside options. When the, mar when the market is really volatile, they can only purchase a portion of it. Maybe that can't support a 12 or 13% cap. They got to go down to a 9 or 10% cap. That being said, I have in my computer charts over the last 10, 15 years of carriers and what they've done. I like doing business with carriers that decrease caps and participation rates when they have to and increase caps and participation rates when they can. So I don't know what that's gonna look like every year going forward, but I know if I'm doing business with somebody who's demonstrated the willingness to when they can to buy more so our clients can earn more, that's a very positive thing. Now, there's not a lot of carriers I can say that about. I know who they are. So I don't know what these prices are going to be in the future, Dave, but I do know what's important to look at when I recommend them. And it's not just who has the shiny new Porsche right now. It's who takes care of that Porsche for the last 20 years. So it looks brand new, but it's 15 years old. I don't know. That's a weird analogy, but that's critically important to me. But this is what I do for a living. So I'm monitoring this each and every day. So if you're calling on us to help you, you're getting lots of experience, and then we're doing our very best to give you and your clients the very best based awesome. on the information we have. Yep, no doubt. Well, Mark, this was fantastic. I appreciate it. I know uh, we're going to go ahead and end this podcast in a minute, and I have about five clients to review with you on just some cases and opportunities that are forefront here. So again, Hopefully all the listeners who attended the Bucket Plan On Demand podcast this week, you got Mark's contact information. Definitely check out his book and more importantly, use him as a resource. C2P you know, was really excited about the partnership with Mark and Magellan and the team that Mark has over there to help you design some of these cases for your clients to help them with their insurance needs. And I think it's a Huge, huge opportunity with a, a wonderful product lineup. And so, you know, Mark, we look forward to continuing to work through some of these cases with you. I look forward to it as well. Let's do this again. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. 